With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I had to go about it, write it out, and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. This is the final word, Pakistan Daily. From the roof of the stadium at Lahore, the end of day four. The test is moving. Options are aplenty. Uh, I'm Jeff Lemon. That's Adam Collins. He has to tell you all about today's play in 30 seconds or less. Yeah, we stumbled upon the perfect finish. Australia made three for 227, declared pulling out uh, just after T. Usman Khawaja made his way to his 12th test ton, fourth since returning to the test team in January. 104 not out, 50-odd for Warner, runs for Labashain and Travis Head went bang, bang before they declared. Left themselves 31 overs on the fourth evening to bowl. They're none for 73. Pakistan, though. Australia drop a chance late, which might be vital tomorrow. Shafiq still there, batting beautifully. Imam Al-Haq looking to attack. 278 required on the final day or 10 wickets. All four mm. results very much in play. Very good, very good. I think that was, I think it was close. And I think this could be close, or or it could be a rollover. You never know. I mean, everything could 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 go to hell in the first session tomorrow. But Australia did everything they had to do today. They did it all right to try to set up the game. They resumed this morning, having faced what three overs last yep. night. Um, they were 120 yard ahead, and they had to push on, get a decent lead, get enough of a lead to declare and do it quickly enough that they'd leave enough time to bowl Pakistan out uh, in the fourth innings. They did that, batted till just after the tea break got exactly 350 ahead and paced it beautifully. I must say, I felt like I was in perfect harmony with Pat Cummins today at mm-hmm. breakfast. I conceived of a scenario where Australia would get exactly 350 ahead with exactly one session to go mm-hmm. today and what do you know, that's exactly what happened. Um, albeit, because um, of the slow over rate, that declaration was into the final session and they didn't get all the overs in, but you know, it was a decent plan to work to because they didn't need to go too hard early on, but they did. They struck 40-odd runs in the first 40-odd minutes, courtesy of Warner pulling really hard. He hit 12 runs in the first over of the day off Shaheen. I think all of them were pulled into mm-hmm. the onside. Mm-hmm. So that got him away. 
and then down the other end, Kawaja was able to do as he's done so often in this series and play at his own tempo. Uh, they put on 90-odd for the first wicket with Warner falling just before lunch and then Labuschagne joins. They effectively do the same thing after lunch, two sessions that almost mirrored each other with the exception of a little bit of hitting about half an hour before tea. Kawaja slowed down just a little bit, which you can forgive him for, mm -hmm. uh, before reaching three figures. Smith uh, went on to become the quickest player ever to reach uh, 8,000 test runs, doing so in 151 innings. He was out for 17, but that gave Travis Head the chance to come in and hit a six and a four before declaring exactly 350 ahead. So, like, to that point, mm -hmm. they've nailed it. It's so just far, that, so good. It, yeah, it's absolutely so far, so good. The problem is, uh, as we've seen so often in this series, Pakistan's top order are very hard to dislodge, mm -hmm. and the new ball isn't doing an awful lot. So they're relying on reverse, which they haven't reached yet, not quite, or the spinners to create an opportunity. And they nearly did, but didn't mm -hmm, quite. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, let's wind it back to the start of the day. Warner, as you said, going on the attack early. He got up to 51. And then we talked about Mitchell Stark yesterday bowling the ball of the series, the one to Riz yep. one that angles in, reverses away, beats the outside edge, hits the top of off stump. That's a left armour coming around the wicket to a right-hander. Shaheen's a left armour coming over the wicket to a left-hander. Bowls the identical delivery. Yeah. Just mirror image, obviously, the left-hander and the right-hander, but came in, swung away, top of off, chef's kiss, yep. 51, um, to the point that even Warner couldn't be mad about it. He was, he was quite quite jovial and friendly when he was going off which some people enjoyed and some people didn't um, shook, got a handshake on the way off Shaheen's got form with that apparently he did it to Barber in the PSL but that's a bit different to a test match yeah it's probably my anti-Hall of Fame mm -hmm. I didn't really like it I loved yesterday by the yeah. way what, what they've got going on is great but mm. if you've been castled in a test match even mm -hmm. if you are declaration batting in the third innings it's just that I mean, you've got yeah. to kind of ride roll with the punches with Warner everything he does is 11 out of 10 and so, so it goes mm. that the, the relationship with Shaheen it, it ends that way uh, for this series well probably unless he ends up yeah. bowling at him tomorrow late in the day who's to know um, but yeah um, didn't love it but also didn't hate it enough to get too angry about. No, no. Because it was fine bowling. Maybe it's like when you're watching a TV show and there are a couple of characters who you really want to hook up. You're like, just kiss, just kiss. It's like that, you know, just... just but they did kiss yesterday. Yeah, yeah, they did. I didn't want to watch the heavy petting today. No, no. Well, and, and you know, Shaheen gave Warner a little squeeze on the cheek yeah. as he went off, which was which was adorable at the same time. A beautiful piece of bowling. And look, at that stage, it seemed like whatever Pakistan did didn't matter too much. Yep. Uh, Manus Labuschagne, the opposite, he was furious when he got out. Made 36 played some strange shots, played some reverses, uh, played a big sweep shot that nearly got him out, played another big sweep shot that did get him out, a uh, big top edge that was caught in the deep, and he went in throwing his bat around and furious, so maybe he made up for Warner. They balanced each other out. <laughs> Manus was too angry for declaration batting, and Warner wasn't angry enough. Yeah, and look, I really admired the way that Pakistan went about their work today, um, in that I love the way they slowed the game down. They only bowled mm -hmm. 26 overs in the first session and 27 in the second probably knowing full well that Australia wouldn't get through all of their overs, they're notoriously mm -hmm. uh, a team that has a slow over rate. So in a way through, um, you know, defensive bowling, letting the ball tick over, it worked out pretty well for Pakistan in, in, in taking time out of the test. Look, that might backfire tomorrow if they're hunting down 351 and they fall short, but it felt right at the mm -hmm. time. Um, and I also like the defensive strategy of bowling into the rough from over the wicket from Nomin Ali. 
It's working for them. He's picked up a couple of wickets that way through the series, and, and that was the way that Labuschagne went. He couldn't resist the sweep shot out of the rough and caught it deep backwards square by Sajid Khan, who had a catch dropped off mm. him by Noman Ali in similar circumstances. So well, that um, would have been yeah. that, that was a Hall of Fame nomination. Was that the, the response? So Sajid seeing Noman let one go through his hands over his head, and, and Sajid Khan's been very cheery the whole series, but he was angry at that point. Yeah. He's like, I have bowled. I think at that stage it was 152 overs in the series for half a dozen wickets, and he was like. Just please let me have this one. <laughs> Didn't get it, but then he takes the catch off Labuschagne and I hope he was passive aggressive about it. You know, yes. I hope he I hope he sort of came in and made some sort of comment just to just just to let his uh, spin partner know that's how you support your fellow spinner. And then yeah, we, we mentioned St- Smith in passing before. Um, you know, it's not for nothing that he's first to 8,000 because he hasn't had a great four years or three, three and a half years mm. but he was so far ahead of the curve and mm. so far ahead of the pack having averaged I think it was 74 for six years between yeah. August 2014 August 2013 rather and September 2019 I think yep. I got that right um, he was so far ahead that even though he hasn't been quite as productive recently he still beats Kumar Sangakara to yep. that mark by one innings and, and good on him for it that's a massive achievement the fastest to 7,000 and now the fastest to 8,000 and yeah he's, he's He's, sort of, he's like a distant runner who's just gone out ahead of the pack and, yeah. and they're, they're starting to reel him in a bit now as he tires towards the back end. But he did what he needed to do, which was, was go out there and, and play some inventive shots and slog away. Um, and we haven't talked about Kawaja, which we should. I mean, that innings, I think what stands out about that innings is that nothing stood out. It was... Yep. It was peerless it was almost flawless I mean he did get bowled off a no ball but you know let's just keep that between you and me Nassim Shah oh. overstepping again I think he nearly started crying when going to find league had his hat over his eyes yeah. and it reminded me of his test taboo back at the Gabra a few years ago how could it not absolutely he's got a, a habit of bowling Australian batsmen off no ball to go on to make hundreds um, <laughs> but aside from that I mean like Kawaja didn't play any outrageous shots he just he picked up the pace as he got towards his hundred had an over where he took three boundaries off it to go into the 90s but his run of form since coming back into the test team, averaging 124, five test matches, four hundreds, a couple of 90s thrown in there as well. Uh, he's made 750 odd runs this year, this year because yeah, he came yeah. in. You know, it's March. They won't get to play too much more test cricket, so he can't do a Joe route because he might get two tests in Sri Lanka and then whatever he gets at the start of the Australian summer. Good point. But that's about it as far as test matches for Australia will go, unless they shoehorn some other series in there. One of the many postponed series <laughs> that they, they somehow squeeze in before the happen. T20 World Cup. <laughs> so yeah, Kawaja won't get to challenge for that. But uh, I, I have. Loved his run of form, and I also think it's nonsense that there are various people saying, oh, why wasn't he in the team all the time for the last 11 or 12 years? Well, it's because he didn't do this. He didn't yeah. make runs regularly enough or consistently enough. But it has been wonderful to see his, his late blossoming. Yeah, I said on the commentary today that it feels like he started his career again. Mm. It's not like that he's had a two-and-a-half-year hiatus and returned. It feels like we're just watching a new cricketer entirely. And that might be a function of having believed it was over. And he said this publicly. He thought... In all probability, he was done. Hmm. And then to come back this way, it's like he's reborn in a way. It's not like a guy has been out of the team for six months and back in, it's like he never left. The team did change in his absence. And for most of that stretch of time, it was Tim Payne as captain and then Pat Cummins through the ashes until they turned to him for the fourth test at Sydney. But as you say, his run's ridiculous. He averaged 165 in this series. He made 
496. Only Mark Taylor's made more runs in a three-test series in Pakistan. That goes back to 1998, of course. And, and he and was not batting out. average. And, and was not out. His and, lowest and, score in this series was 44 not out uh, in when they were declaration mm. batting at Karachi last week. It's That's, astonishing. I, I think what also stands out is he, he makes first innings and second innings runs in yeah. this streak. So had they batted another couple of overs today, he would have had three tests out of five where he'd made over 200 runs in the test match. Yeah, you I know. suppose that's right. Um, yeah. And at Pindy, he only batted once and made 97. So I, I wish he had a, had a chance to make four more runs to crack the 500. Yeah. That was a bit of a, a frustration for me, even though I was keen on 300, 350 mm. rather. I wouldn't, wouldn't have minded 355 yep. just to get over that hurdle. But his batting average has gone up seven entire runs mm. in the January. space of time that he's returned in yeah. five test matches, nine hits. That's so hard to do this deep into your career. But stepping back even further, he's now got 12 tons in 49 test matches. That is a great clip by any standard. When you look back at the greats of Australian cricket, many of whom played 100 test matches, if they had have reached, let's you know extrapolate this out, he won't play 100 tests. But if mm-hmm. he were to, getting to sort of 24, 25 tonnes. That puts him right at the very top of Australian cricket when averaging yeah. 47. Now, um, that's again, close to Smith-Warner sort of territory. Yeah, it's right there and thereabouts. Now, that's not going to happen for him, but it's a reminder of the sort of run he's on and, and this second act or third act or fifth mm-hmm. act or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see no reason why it won't last and last because, as I say, he feels like a new cricketer at age 35 and who knows where this ends, but it's brilliant so far. Inshallah. He's, he's been Inshallah. reborn. And then, and then Pakistan. Okay, I... I've really enjoyed this Pakistan team in this series because they don't quit. They haven't given up. They've had times where, where they're down and out. They did it in Karachi, fought back that crazy draw, batting out 170-plus overs. The, the way they went into the huddle here after they bowled Australia out the first time, geeing each other up, they looked flat at times in the bowling effort today, and I thought this might be the point where you know the shoulders drop and they yep. kind of, they're a bit over it. But then the way they come out after having another day in the field, coming out, and just playing the way that they did. It wasn't just defensive batting. There was aggressive stuff. Abdullah Shafiq came down the wicket, hit Mitchell Swepson for six down the ground. Imam Al-Haq played some aggressive shots. Anytime Nathan Lyon dropped short, backed away, played the shot, cut shot, whipped through mid-wicket. Didn't over-attack, but they were positive. So the point that they reached the end of the day, they've got that target down from 350 to 280, and it's possible tomorrow. Look, if the dream sequence for Australia was 350 ahead and declare, this is about perfect for Pakistan as well. As you say, they've knocked off 73 of the 351 they need. They've done so with a minimum of fuss. They've been able to bat in a way that looks like they're set against spin. And look, Nathan Lyon bowled some balls that absolutely ragged. This is not the same pitch as Karachi. Mm -hmm. There will be moments tomorrow when balls spit violently out of the rough there will be opportunities created whether they take them or not different story like Australia cannot panic when they go to bed this evening Mm. right but none for 73 is one hell of a base to work from tomorrow especially with Shafiq who looks completely at peace with the world the only mistake he made was from the penultimate delivery Mm -hmm. of the day Mm -hmm. when playing a relatively expansive drive off Labashain who was throwing the ball to finish and the outside edge goes in not quite into the hand of Smith but moving to his left always a tough chance when a first slip to a spinner's going left with a right hand. that's happened three times in the same match exactly the same spot between the keeper and the slip each time's been the same Smith puts his left hand out isn't quick enough and I feel like it's hard, it's it's harsh to blame him for it. But how did have they hit that spot exactly three yeah, different times? Yeah, I mean, and especially when you know it's 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 from a drive, so it has carried. It's not yep. like it's soft hands and he has to no. move, or like it's been um, in the first innings that one that went between him and Carey off. I suppose it was Pat Cummins that, as I said on the, on the show at the time, never really was in 
in play for that one due to how close he was. This was conventional standing at slip stuff, but it just didn't go in. So, again, that's emblematic of what we've seen yeah. quite a lot with Australia, where the half chances, with the exception of yesterday with Pat Cummins, the half chances haven't gone mm. their way, and they, they're going to need them to go their way tomorrow because I think I made this point last week. Catches will come on day five. It's just that often they're harder to snaffle because yep. there's far more going on around the bat. They might need to create 12 or 15 chances tomorrow based mm-hmm. on what we've seen in this series and what they would have given for one of those to break their way tonight. Not to be. And Steve Smith walking off the field was gutted. Usman Kawaja had his arm around him. Um, he's going to have to, you know, put that to the back of his mind because they're going to need Smith at slip tomorrow. Should... Cummins have bowled Labuschagne more. We've had a lot of praise for his captaincy, but that's the one thing where in Karachi, Labuschagne bowled that over late that suddenly looked really dangerous and it was too late, basically. Yeah. Um, coming on and, and bowling that good over here. He's not reliable necessarily, but he does make things happen in a, a non-Swepson yep. sort of way. That's how I feel. Uh, and that's not to discredit Swepson, by the way, who, yeah, he was a bit flat today. Maybe he's still a little bit nervous. I'm not sure, but and, and he does provide a, you know, he does provide a relentless attack on the stumps. You can't question that. I mean, whether you think he bowls too short or too quickly or too flat, he's always got the stumps in play. So that is something for a wrist spinner. He's accurate, right? Mm. Labuschagne's a not an accurate spinner, and that's a good thing. Mm. Sometimes the best thing about a leg spinner is their volatility. It's the, I mean, Stuart McGill showed this through his career. The fact that he would bowl an unplayable, then a half tracker and a full toss, all in the same over, made him so difficult to face point of difference to warn so yep. that's what Swepson brings sorry rather that's what Labuschagne brings uh, by contrast mm. to, to Swepson so I think they should both get a, an extended go tomorrow they, they shouldn't just throw the ball to, to Manus when they think all is gone and it's kind of last chance cafe I'd use him more often than that yeah I'd, I'd, I would like to see him get a little bit more not with the seam up put the seam up no, away please right. <laughs> uh, Hall of Fame should we come to that what what jumped out at you as a as a, a final word moment I thought Steve Smith playing the switch hit yeah. That stood out and getting dropped off it by Azra yes. Ali. Oh, gosh. Now, it wasn't a. So, Barat and I discussed this. We agreed. We don't call it a full switch hit because he didn't swap his hands. For, for a Kevin Peterson, right. Glenn Maxwell kind of switch hit, you have to swap the hands over. But he did swap the stance, become a left hander, and play a, a sort of cack handed smack over wide long on. Azra Ali underneath it, doing these ones, doing these ones. Fingers up, nice technique. Hit the heels of the hands and, and popped out. But I never thought I'd see that. Yeah, it was hot out there. I went and sat outside to watch the last few Kawaja runs and mm-hmm. I was on commentary when that drop catch went down and that was my first thought. They'd, they'd be pretty tired boys out there as the Australians will be tomorrow. But yeah, that's very worthy. I think the sunset, I've just watched him. If you're watching on YouTube, you might have wondered why I was looking out to my left quite a bit during this video. Unfortunately, we won't be able to document the, the sun bit because it's gone behind the clouds, but mm. um, that was smog. utterly gorgeous, the smog, that's right. And yeah. It's a privilege to be up on the roof of uh, this ground, the mosque over there, which is called the, you know, it's the Stadium Mosque and mm-hmm. the old dirty roofs here that probably could do with a, a clean at some point, but it adds to the the, the beauty of this stadium. I, I mentioned the light towers from the other grounds a couple of nights ago. There's the hockey stadium just over between Jeff and me, which is probably bigger than the cricket stadium. So, yeah, and there's the athletics track that way. There's the football stadium over there. So it's a great complex. Um, you would call it a complex because there's so much going on in, inside the walls here. And, and the birds um, circling overhead that yes. would strip the flesh from our bones in <laughs> minutes could. if we were to drop dead yeah, on this yeah. roof. Yeah, that's right. So... Um, I, I'm kind of in a way feeling a bit melancholy on the basis that it's my last night in Pakistan because I'm flying home back to London uh, after the close tomorrow. But mm-hmm. between now and then, Jeff, we have potentially 
something special. Uh, both teams can win. Could be a tie, could be a draw. Who's to know? But whenever you finish a series like this, uh, you've got to watch the final day. I cannot wait. Australia did the business yesterday. Pakistan responded in kind when they needed to with the bat today. All set up. Uh, follow it all with Jeff and me. Big nil all. Yeah. Bring on the nil all. <laughs> follow it all with us on commentary through the day. And then at the close of play, we'll be here probably on the roof again for the final word, Pakistan Daily. And if you really like what we do and you really want to support us, patreon.com forward slash the final word. Goodbye from Lahore. Good night. So you know what I meant here. I had to go about it.